know that Zach Casilius has been in the lead or in a share of the lead in 60% of the events that he has participated in through the first round. Three of five times he has been in the final group. Of course, he has won an event, the Golf Zone Open 2.0, which took place last November. Uh, Long time ago now, as we are finally into February. My name is Reed Nelson. This is the Puttcraft Podcast. Matt Rolstead, winner of the Golf Zone Open 3.0 this past Saturday, January 28th. Another quick story about Zach that I'll never forget. When uh, I introduced myself to him, I asked, Zach with a K or Zach with an H? And he said, and I'm paraphrasing here, my name is Zach, not Zach. And I thought that was... Uh, funny. I thought that was funny. Um, okay. So I'd like to first announce our next event. We will be heading back to Grand Slam Coon Rapids on Friday, February 24th at 6 p.m. Now, as you know, I generally like to start a little bit earlier at those courses because of how busy they can be, but... Grand Slam Coon Rapids is open until 10 p.m. on Friday evenings. So I think four hours is plenty of time to get through the course. I will be announcing shortly uh, 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 two events for March. So obviously there'll only be one in February, and then we will have two events in March. Again, that is Friday, February 24th at 6 p.m. I want to tell a quick story happened to me earlier today. I thought it was interesting. I think you'll find it interesting as well. I have a friend who has not yet participated in a puttcraft event, but will. I believe will uh, at some point in the very near near future. Not a golfer, um, or a, a mini golfer for that matter either. I don't. Uh, I mean, I'm sure he's mini golfed in his life, but uh, he uh, asked me how the event went on Saturday. And I said, it went great. Uh, Matt Rolstead in the winner's circle again. And he asked about Sean. He asked, what's going on with Sean Brown? Uh, second straight events, not in the top five after 24 straight. I don't mean to pick on Sean. I'm not picking on Sean. I find it interesting that, because he said, he goes, when I, when I saw your Instagram post, I went straight to Sean. I wanted to see where Sean finished. And I do find that to be a, fascinating storyline that uh, others are following as well. And when you finish in the top five, 24 straight times, 13 wins, you know, all the, all the stuff uh, that it's, it's a, it's a fascinating storyline. Golf is such a mini golf and golf is such an individual sport. It's you against yourself, you against the course. Uh, And I find it fascinating. Okay. Let's talk about Joel Brown real quickly. And, you know, actually, we'll get to Joel in a second. Matt Rolstead, 15 under, 69. Uh, he went 35 and 34. This is this was our 29th event, mind you. So our next event will be our 30th. Uh, Matt Rolstead has now finished in the top five 14 of 15 times and has five tournament wins. And we'll get to how we did it in a bit. Joel Brown, second place, 14 under par, back in the top five after a disappointing finish at Grand Slam or at the New Year's Open, I should say. 
uh, he had five straight top five finishes, finished outside the top five, and has propelled himself right back in there. 100% BEP for Joel Brown. I I think if you have a second, if you want to go to puttcraft.com backslash, backslash stats, take a look at uh, Joel Brown's scorecard. It is an absolute thing of beauty. First off, no red. 100% BEP that's only been done one other time before at this same course by Sean Brown. No relation to my knowledge. This is Joel Brown's first 18. 2 Beautiful. His back 18. 2 I wonder what happened there. <laughs> Two two one two 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 one two 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 two. Joel, I gotta ask if you're listening. Did you think about that three, that three on seven? Because you did finish one stroke off the lead, and uh, I'm just curious. I'm curious if you. Hit, I, I don't want to say a nightmare about it, but if you if you thought about it after the fact. Otherwise, I mean, it's still a par. Mind you, still a par, but an absolutely beautiful scorecard and a 100% BEP. Congrats, Joel Brown. Only the second time that has happened in Puttcraft history. Anthony Dunkel, third place in a tie for third place with Zach Hasilius, the aforementioned, how we started this podcast at 11 under par. Anthony went 36-37. Zach went 34 39. Both of them finished 11 under par on the day in a tie for third. Coming in at a tie for fifth place is Jeff Woodfill and Tom Loftus, both at 10 under par. Jeff Woodfill went 35 39. Tom Loftus up 35 39 as well. A very impressive Tom has been at or near the top five for several months now. We've we've discussed this on past podcasts. Jeff Woodfill making a very, very, very strong case for a rank, a player rank this week. And, you know, he has the six on 15 that just sticks out. You know, if okay, so if he aces 15. Uh, he, he ties, right? And, and, and there were only a couple of aces on 15. So, uh, we, that hole was played 44 times. Matt Rolstead aced it. Zach Casilius aced it. And Kathleen Malone aced it. So, you know, I I don't want to take too much away from Jeff saying, oh, you you didn't ace 15 or you could have tied it. But I think he'd probably want to have that one back. It's a very difficult hole. You know, all things considered, though, I thought the I thought the field played it pretty well. Uh, it it's a it's a hole I see you practicing beforehand, <laughs> as you should. So, uh, so great great job there. Uh, top five finishes there for Jeff Woodfill and Tom Loftus in seventh. Eric Hasilius at nine under par, a 38-37. a first of its uh, first of its time, uh, first of its time. Uh, first time Eric has improved on his second round in, I believe, six events now. But his first non-top five finish for Eric Aselius, he finishes in seventh place at nine under par. Sean Brown, eighth place at eight under par at 76. Dan Wesley, ninth place in seven under par at 78. 
7. 10th place, Brady Storhoff, a 37-41 for a 78. He finishes at 6 under par, tied for 10th place with Josh Benish at 6 under par as well. There's a couple holes I think Josh would like to have back, mainly number 9 on his back 18 where he had a 6. Nobody outside of the top, nobody in the top 20, nobody in the top 21 had anything lower than a five there, you know, and, and, and that's part of it, right? You, you're going to go home. You're going to think about specific shots that you missed, uh, should have been twos, uh, ended up being sixes, right? It happens. That's the beauty of the game. Robin Schwartzman in 12th at four under par an 80 Caden Hasselius in 13th at three under par and 81 Cameron Hasselius in 14th, even par 84. Kathleen Malone, 15th, three over par 87. Jorge Rimblas in 16th, a five over par 89. Brian Bleckinger in 17th, a 10 over par 94. Thomas Pepin in 18th, a 11 over par 95. Boston Bleckinger in 19th at 24 over. Skylar Bleckinger in 20th, at 26 over, Jenny Aarons in 21st at 29 over, and Jack House in 22nd place. Okay, so where are my notes? A couple of you have asked, where was the live stream on Saturday? And while I was hoping not to say anything until I had it ready... It is now Wednesday, and it is not ready. I did something different on Wednesday, and you're going to see it, even if it doesn't turn out well. But I think it's going to turn out really well. I The live stream is kind of lazy, if I'm being honest with you. It's very low production value. And it's very jumpy. It's me bouncing around, boom, 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 you know, maybe, maybe some motion sickness. And it hasn't really caught on. I remember at my, in my past life, we'd do a live stream and we would get, you know, 60, 70, 80, 90 comments sometimes on a particular live stream. And that hasn't really happened here yet. And I just don't think the production is that good. With basketball, the camera is fixed and you just go back and forth. It's really smooth, really easy. When I'm running around from hole to hole, right, answering rules, questions, etc., again, the production value is very, very, very low. I think it can be a lot of fun, especially when we have finishes like we had at the Winter Classic with a three-way tie. But ultimately, I don't think it is great. Now, this thing that I'm planning... You're going to see it shortly. I was inspired by something else, which I'll reference later. And again, if it doesn't turn out how I'm expecting, I will, I'm going to post it anyways. It has already become very apparent to me that this is going to be like a twice a year thing. Because <laughs> the amount of time that this is going to take is uh, not something that is scalable for every single event. Well, I guess you never know. Um, we'll see. We'll see what the what the final number is on on how long it takes. Matt Rolstead um, led 
all players in aces with seven. We had a couple players with six. Zach Caselius and Jeff Woodfill both had six. And then Kathleen Malone with five. Uh, don't sleep on Kathleen Malone. Of course, she is the leader with the or the individual record holder for uh, aces in a round with seven. And we will be heading back to Grand Slam Burnsville in March if you want to try to uh, tie or break that record. I had mentioned earlier, of course, Joel Brown had a 100% BEP. Something also that was sort of interesting, not a single eagle either. And this isn't a, a really big eagle course. Uh, actually, only there was only three eagles in the top five. Tom Loftus had one on 11. Matt Rolstead had one on 11 and also on four. I just found it interesting that a 100% BEP would not uh, uh, equal at least one eagle. And now I'm curious enough to go back and take a look at Sean Brown's 100% BEP to see if there was an eagle on that one. It'd be a good trivia question uh, for you in the future if you were if you were ever uh, at a bar and wondering if, if there was... <laughs> Sorry, I'm going to find it here. It looks as though Sean Brown's 100% BEP did have one eagle, and that eagle was on hole 16. So there you have it. A little trivia question for you there. Okay, so, you know, not a, not a big eagle course. Um, very few, actually. Uh, two for Matt Rolstead, one for Tom Loftus, two for Dan Wesley, one for Kathleen Malone. And that's it. That's it. I mean, the, the course is a very low par at 42, but you wouldn't necessarily expect that with a 15 under for Matt Rolstead. If you look at um, Matt and Joel's final few holes. Matt, of course, of not of course, Matt aced 15. I say of course because I believe I put that on Instagram. You may have seen it. Matt aced 15, which felt like it locked up the tournament for him. I think there was sort of that vibe, but Joel, of course, and with without a single bogey on the day, uh, went par, or excuse me, birdie par on 16-17, where Matt went birdie bogey. Okay, so he gave one stroke back on 17, opening up the door for a Joel Brown ace on 18 that would have uh, pushed for a uh, a playoff between Matt and Joel Brown, but he ultimately was not able to do that. Only six aces on 18 uh, this past Saturday. Okay, let's take a look at how Matt Rolstead's 15 under 69 compared with our last four winners. Of course, this is, I keep saying, of course, uh, like you have this information on the back of your hand. Of course, you do not. <laughs> there it is again. How that compares to our last four winners. Sean Brown won the first three events. Zach Casilius won the fourth. The first event, Sean Brown 14 under 70. The second event, Sean Brown 12 under 72. The third event, 16 under 68 for Sean Brown. That is, is the the uh, the best score so far through two rounds at Golf Zone. And then, of course, the fourth event, Zach Caselius, is 13 under 71. So, the second best finish 
of any player uh, or of any winner was the 69 uh, this past Saturday. Again, congratulations, Matt Rolstead, back in the winner's circle after a very brief break. One thing I don't do quite enough of, I try to do this as often as I can, and that's thank you for for coming, of course, and participating in the Puttcraft experience, but also for telling your friends and for bringing other people with you. And so many of you do that, and it is so, so helpful. The word of mouth is vital to this experience, and I appreciate you for doing that very, very, very much. We had several new faces this last week, and it was all via recommendations from other people. So uh, it means a lot to me, and um, it's always more fun to have more people. I mean, you know, it, it, it's, it's period. That's sort of an easy one. So again, thank you very much. Okay. I've been going up until this moment, deciding if I'm going to bring up this next topic and I'm going to, because sometimes on this podcast, I think out loud And what it can do, the benefit of doing that is that you may send me a note and you may say, Reed, that was dumb. Don't do that. Which I love. It's helpful. You don't have to say it's dumb. I mean, if it is, you can. Or you can say, yeah, I was thinking the same thing, man. I agree with you. So in our 29th event... Actually, I'm going to be purposely very vague about this, although it's not difficult to figure out. I am a little... I don't know what the right word is here. I don't know if bothered is the right word, or if it's just a minor annoyance, or if it's just something I need to get over. But... We are having fun, or we should be having fun. (laughs) That's the call. But it also means a lot to a lot of people, myself included. It's important. One of the important elements, although not the most important element, but a important element, is the stats, the data, the numbers. And the, I don't know if I'm using this word right, but I'm, I'm stuck on it now. The sanctity of those numbers, the honor of those numbers. So I, so I, I, I ask you a hypothetical, something I did not think of until just recently. And I'm not picking on anybody in particular. Again, we're here to have fun. Okay? And I may be, this may be a bridge too far. I, I'm already, I'm already feeling like it might be. If a person were to come out to an event, actually, let's rewind slightly. We've had three people who DNF did not finish 
that's always bothered me a little bit because they only because it, it 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 kind of it messes with the stats. Now, injuries happen. Um, this event is going longer than expected. Happen. Life happens. I get it. And sometimes you just gotta go. That's totally understandable. Do we count those first 18 holes? We have so far in the stats, in the data. Okay. And I'm okay with that. I think we do that. I think we leave that. I think if we if we wanted, we could put them as a DN DNF or DN yeah, DNF did not finish. And maybe not give them a score. And the reason why is because let's say you were nine under through 18 and the winner ended and you left and the winner ended up being six under. You're not going to win the tournament because you're nine under, right? You're going to be a DNF. The three people who have left were all not in first or in fifth either. They were down the chart. So we haven't had to worry about that. But as I'm saying this, I think that it, it, it probably does need to be a DNF. Did not finish. Um, But that's not what I'm talking about here. If somebody comes out, it's related, but it's not necessarily what I'm talking about here. If somebody comes out to an event and just um, messes around the whole time and sixes, sevens, eights, a couple aces here and there, um, but then maybe, you know, and and doesn't take it seriously, It's and obviously there's a <laughs> there's a fine line between not taking it seriously and also just being new to the sport. Okay? And that fine line is very, very easily identifiable identifiable. Right? That's not difficult for me. I can tell, oh, this person is just new to miniature golf and they're not that good yet. And maybe one day they'll be the best player in the world. Maybe they won't. And that's fine. They're out there. They're trying. When you're out there messing around, it it jacks with the stats and it bothers me. I'm not losing a lot of sleep over it, but, you know, it 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 bothers me. It's annoying. And... Again, this is nothing or nobody in particular. But the question I have is if you come out to an event and you mess around and you throw up, let's let's say hypothetically you throw up 31 eights and the other five are six, three, two, one, four, whatever. And it's clear that you're jacking around. It's clear People are like, oh my gosh, what is this person doing? Do we just leave it? I think we do. I think that's the answer. I think that's just, right? I think that's just part of it. And it's fine. I'm, um, I just have to get over it. But I'm curious your thoughts. Because... We've now played this course enough to where it doesn't really matter if what I just explained happened. Because it's you're not going to change the averages all that much. You know, we've had five events here, 20 people at each event. 
Um, I don't know the math. It's, it's, we've done, we, we've done each hole hundreds of times, but it does affect it. And yeah, you know, honestly, I don't even know if I should be, if I, if I, I, I'm, I'm hearing myself say this and I think I just need to get over it. Am I wrong? Let me know. Let me know. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm curious to hear your thoughts um, again, I want to, I want to, I want to stress something one more time. I can easily, easily identify a new miniature golfer from somebody who's messing around easily. It's not hard. And that's obviously a different conversation here. And I don't actually know what the solution is. Uh, and I, I think it just is what it is. Okay, I have sufficiently rambled on for a little too long now. We will have player rankings later this week. Well, maybe over the weekend. I've got a, another slight change um, planned for that. I like doing different things. I like experimenting with different things. I like seeing how long things take to do. I like seeing your reaction to things. Hey, that was really cool. Hey, that was really lame. Um, always, always looking for the feedback. Um you know, trying to make the experience better. So I'll have that out this weekend. Our next event, one final time, is going to be February 24th. Our next event, period. February 24th, 6 p.m., Grand Slam Coon Rapids. Um, We will talk to you before then. We've got a couple weeks before that event. So thank you for uh, tuning into the podcast. Thank you for participating in the Puttcraft experience. And thank you for telling all your friends. Have a great night.